Locked On Canucks, your daily podcast on the Vancouver Canucks. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is good, everyone? It is a pleasure to meet all of you. I am Justin Pooney, the voice of Locked On Canucks, and I'm happy, happy as hell to be here with all of you, getting you locked in on all things Vancouver Canucks. I want to thank you all for making Locked On Canucks your first listen of the day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcast. Guys, it is a new era of this channel. It is a new era for me. I'm extremely excited to be here to talk about my hometown team. This show, this inaugural show, is going to be about me, Justin Pooney, the host. A bit of who I am, what I'm all about, my love and affinity for the Vancouver Canucks. We're going to talk about some Canucks in the current state there in a massive, massive game tomorrow against the Vegas Golden Knights in the city of Sin. That's going to come up in our second segment. And I'm going to kind of break down about what this show is going to be about and what I'm about because every day you're going to be hearing me talk about our team, the Vancouver Canucks. But before we get into that, I want to make sure that A, you subscribe to our YouTube channel, Locked On Canucks, and you follow us on Twitter at Locked On Canucks right there at the bottom. Like I said, guys, opening up this show, we're going to talk about the history, the history of fandom that the Vancouver Canucks have that I've been a part of, whether I like it or not, I was born into it. So let's backtrack. Let's start with me. I was born in Vancouver, British Columbia, but raised in Surrey, BC. Surrey, stand up, salute. Love you all from Surrey. I was born in Vancouver, raised in Surrey, played hockey my whole life. I understand the game. I understand the nuances of the game. I understand what it's like to be in the battles. I understand what the tactics are in the game. So if people want to come at me thinking that I don't know anything about hockey, I've played the game. I've played the game for over almost 20 years now of my life. So I understand the sport. I've watched it my whole life. I've studied it. I believe, believe me, I have my knowledge of hockey is up there. And if you want to come challenge me, come challenge me whenever you want. And that's what the show is all about. It's about you people, the fans, the listeners. I want you guys to be a part of it because this is not a show just for me. It's a show for you guys. I want to give the voiceless a voice. All those trolls out there on Twitter. If you want to come on the show, let's come on the show and we'll talk. I'm I'm down for it all. I have no problem with trolls coming on, whether that's Mr. Booth, Tanvir from Surrey, whoever. Ever, you are more than welcome to come onto this show, this platform, and we can have a conversation about the Canucks and talk about whatever you want that's grinding your gears about this team. And quite frankly, right now, I'm sure there's a lot of things grinding our gears. But let's go on a little story backtrack. So I'm 26, just turned 26, born in 1996, the dark ages of the Canucks, following the iconic run, the over glorified, in my opinion, run to, in 94, which was an amazing run i wasn't there but everybody told me it was a great time but let's face it that team would get destroyed by the 2011 team but we're going to get a 2011 in a few minutes but so i was born in 96 the mark messier era mike keenan dark times for the canucks kind of like what they're in right now dark dark times but they come out of that and that's when my love for the canucks and hockey really started under mark crawford brian burke marcus naslin who i think 
is a forgotten grade. People always talk about, you know, the Sedin's top two best players in Canucks history. But a lot of people have Trevor Linden over Marcus Niles, and that's going to be an episode, I think, you know, doesn't look like the Canucks are going to make the playoffs, so we're going to have a lot of interesting content coming up. But ranking the top five Canucks, I definitely think Marcus Naslin is a top three or four Canuck of all time. But anyway, that's a different story for a different day. But I am going to be talking about all that. But God, one thing I, you guys need to know is I get sidetracked a lot. And I love going off tangents. Okay, let me stick to the story. I fell in love with the Canucks back in the early 2000s when Marcus Naslin, Brendan Morrison, Todd Bertuzzi, the West Coast Express, the greatest line in hockey for that period of time. Marcus Naslin, the best forward. Todd Bertuzzi, the best power forward. Ed Jovanovsky, Matthias Olin, Brent Sopel, the young Sedins, Trent Clad, all these guys. I fell in love with that team, but I also shed my first tears thanks to that team. I remember in 2002 when Dan Kluchet led in that goal from center ice against Nicholas Lidstrom against the Detroit Red Wings, where the Canucks were actually up 2-0 in that series, stealing the first two games in Detroit, and then that goal from center ice was scored, and air out of the balloon, and the Canucks lose four straight, and the series is over. Then in 3 I remember Game 7 against St. Louis, them winning, going to the second round, playing the Minnesota Wild. The expansion Minnesota Wild was Jacques Lemaire and the dead puck, boring-ass Minnesota Wild. I remember the Canucks were up 3-1 against them. They should have gone to the Western Conference Finals. Hell, they should have gone to the Stanley Cup Finals that year. Again, Anaheim could not hold that West Coast Express team's jockstrap. Yes, but they got JSG here and they got hot. And the Canucks, Canucks... And they choked in the second round and did not make it out and blew a 3-1 lead. And then, of course, we all remember the next year, the whole Steve Moore, Todd Bertuzzi incident. I remember that. I remember them being the favorite seed against the Calgary Flames and Jerome Aginla torturing the Canucks for an entire series. But I remember Brendan Morrison's Game 6 triple overtime game winner, forcing a Game 7 where Matt Cook took a rebound from Marcus Nazan scored. Ed Jovanovski banging the glass in the penalty box, forcing overtime where Martin Jelena scored against Alex Ald, and they lost. And those three years straight years, I cried every night myself to sleep because it hurt so much because I was so invested in this team. I still am so invested into this team, and it hurt. I cried. Six, seven, eight, I cried every night. Could not watch TV for the next week because I did not want to see what the Canucks had to say. What they had to say with the Canucks. I did not want to I didn't want to hear it. Then the lockout hits. The Canucks come back. The team just doesn't the goaltending was always an issue. And Dave Nunes pulls the trigger, brings in Roberto Luongo. Our savior is here. Vancouver is not a goalie graveyard anymore. We have an elite number one goalie and he proved that right off the bat in year one. Winning 40 plus games starting over 70 games was the reason the Canucks made the playoffs that year. You see his first series against Dallas, 72 saves in his first game. Canucks win in game seven, thanks to Trevor Linden. Then they play Anaheim, and it's a five-game loss where Roberto Luongo gets a little bit of the upset stomach and uh, couldn't down the bottle Pepto-Bismol quick enough. And Dave Norris looks like he messed his pants after he saw Danny Sabrin come out and then they lose to Anaheim, and I cried that year too. I'm not ashamed to admit I've cried about the Canucks a lot in my lifetime, but that just shows my true fandom. I remember Mike Gillis coming in, 
and just rechanging the whole organization, putting a forward-thinking mind to the Canucks, bringing a sleep doctor, capologist, understanding the cap and circumventing, which Toon did get the Canucks in trouble later on with that. My whole contract sucks with Roberto Luongo, but Mike Gillis came in. He built a team around Henrik and Daniel Sedin. We saw them blossom into the two best players in the NHL, Hart Trophies, Lester Pearson Trophies, back-to-back Art Rosses, Alex Burrows, an underdog story like No Tomorrow, Ryan Kessler, the best two-way center in the game, Roberto Luongo, gold medal winner, Kevin Bieksa, Dan Hamhues. All these guys. And we had a little stint of Matt Sundin, the iconic moment. And as you guys are going to know, I hate the Toronto Maple Leafs with a burning desire. And I think that's what's going to win me over with all of you guys because I hate the Leafs. But Matt Sundin, always remember his greatest moment in the Canucks jersey, scoring a goal at the Air Canada Centre in the shootout, the winner against the Toronto Maple Leafs. Iconic moment. Canucks, you know, go on that run. The whole battles with Chicago. Dustin Bufflin being an absolute pain in the ass. Chicago getting the best of the Canucks in back-to-back years, eventually winning a Stanley Cup. But then 2011 hits. And what a magical ride 2011 was. President's Trophy winners, best team in the league, best power play in the league. And then they go on that magical run in the spring slash early summer of 2011. Slay the Dragon, the arch nemesis, Chicago Blackhawks, Alex Burroughs. One of those moments that's ingrained in my life forever. I will remember exactly where I was. I was in my family room of my house in Surrey, BC. Myself, my dad, and my younger sister screaming our heads off, running up and down the house. So happy that they finally did it. To me, that's right up there with Crosby's golden goal. Right up there with some of the greatest sports moments of my life I've witnessed. And it was just a moment that it still brings chills to my still brings chills to me every time I see it then they beat Nashville in six games Ryan Kessler just an absolute monster just put the team on his back and carried them that series against Nashville they go to the conference finals and they wipe San Jose after but they did, did it differently because years previous the Canucks always were a bit of a antagonistic team Alex Burroughs Kevin BX or Ryan Kessler but they kind of Took a step back on that. We're going to kill you with kindness. We have the best power play in the league. We're going to score on you every time. We're going to get under your skin, but we're going to take the power play. And we're going to score. The Canucks did that. They go to the Stanley Cup Finals thanks to Kevin Bieksa's stanchion goal. Again, another moment I will never forget. Almost in tears thinking, wow, I'm finally going to see the team that I love play on the biggest stage in hockey. And what a stage it was. Game one, Rafi Torres, amazing Amazing goal. Thanks to Ryan Kessler with a couple seconds left. Game two, Alex Burrows heroics time and time again. Countless clutch goals. You know, the ten, break in the 10-game losing streak against Carolina. St. Louis overtime game four sweep. The aforementioned the Dragon Slayer goal. The overtime in game two of the Stanley Cup finals, like I just said. Alex Burrows was such a great Canuck. And when they're up 2-0, I remember this team is going to win the Stanley Cup. I'm going to witness a championship parade in the city that I'm from, in the city I love like no other, Vancouver. And then game four, sorry, game three and game four in Boston happens, and the balloon kind of pops a bit. But game five, Maxim Lapierre, one of my other favorite Canucks, scores the game winner, and they win, and the whole pumping my tires happen. I could make that save because I stay in my crease for Berto Luongo. Why did you say that? 
in game six in Boston happens. And when game six in Boston happened, you kind of knew it was over. But us falsified Canucks fans had hope. I mean, at least I did. And they laid an egg in game seven and the city burned. And those people will put such a bad image on our city, the most beautiful city in the world. Vancouver, for everybody out there listening, you all can attest to this. Vancouver is the most beautiful city in the world. And I love it with all my heart. Wherever I go in this world, Vancouver is home. And Vancouver is the greatest city in the world and those people those idiots ruined it tarnished our city's legacy the second time wasn't it but after that 2011 this kind of precipitous fall from grace so you say they won the president's trophy the next year back-to-back years but thanks duncan keith injuring daniel sedin they get pretty much waxed by the la kings who go on to win the stanley cup in one of those mini dynasty of their own and they get swept by san jose Miss the playoffs. Everybody gets fired, traded. Luongo gone. My contract sucks. He was gone though. Tortorella came in and just abolished the whole organization. Ryan Kessler gone. In comes Jim Benning. Trader Jim. From the team that actually dispatched the Canucks in the Stanley Cup finals, the Boston Bruins. He comes in. What does he do? He gets a little bit of a pump his first year. They make the playoffs. Ryan Miller, Radham Verbata, the Sedins are playing well. This team, they've had 100 points, but they get steamrolled by the Calgary Flames in the first round. And after that, it's just been a dark, dark abyss of just pain and suffering. But we've had hope. Elias Pettersson, Quinn Hughes, Brock Besser, Vasily Pod Colson. And we've had a lot of misses. Jake Vertanen, Hunter, Shinkarik, Brendan, Gaunt. The list goes on with the failed names. And now we are in a new regime that is just started midway through this season. And minus that 2020 bubble run we had, the magical run that that was, this team has been bad and really bad. And it's been dark times. And I've I've kind of I fell out of love with the team. But that 2020 team brought me back in. And I have faith again. And I have faith in Jim Rutherford and I have faith that this team will win a Stanley Cup in my lifetime because that's what we all want to see we want to see this team win a Stanley Cup I want to see a Stanley Cup parade in Vancouver British Columbia I want to see it end wherever at the Art Gallery Stanley Park wherever the hell you want to do it Canada Place I don't care I want to see it I'm going to be there I'm going to be there crying my eyes out I'm going to be there cheering and I'm going to be there smiling from ear to ear with tears in my eyes because the Canucks will be Stanley Cup champions. And that is what the dream is. That is what I hold on every day for. That is why I'm going to do this podcast every day and make it the best ever because that one episode that I get to film where I get to say your Vancouver Canucks are the 20-whatever Stanley Cup champions is going to be a great day for not only myself, for all of you, but all of British Columbia and all of Canucks Nation can't wait manifest your destiny that is another rule i have manifest your destiny but before we get to that let me talk about the current situation of the canucks let's talk about hello fresh with hello fresh you get farm fresh pre-protein ingredients and seasonal recipes delivered right to your doorstep skip tricks to the grocery skip trips to the grocery store tricks at the grocery store too with the prices right now Skip trips to the grocery store and count on HelloFresh to make home cooking easy, fun, and affordable. That is why it is America's number one meal kit. Get farm fresh seasonal produce and easy to make recipes delivered right to your doorstep. 
It's all about convenience with HelloFresh. Not only do the ingredients come pre-portioned, so you don't you're not overbuying, which I overdo and wasting food, which is horrible, but it's easier than ever to get filling meals on the table with a snap, which is with options with family-friendly or quick and easy recipes. I myself am a kind of a cook myself, so I love having easy to cook meals and it's just quick and easy because my math skills are not the best. That is why you must all go to HelloFresh.com slash LockedOn16 and use the code LockedOn16 for up to 16 free meals. Free. Who doesn't love free meals? And three free gifts. Now, let us go back to the current Vancouver Canucks and the current situation that we are in. Right now, if we look at the standings, Things are not looking good. The Canucks have 70 games played, 32 wins, 28 losses, 10 overtime losses, and 74 points. They are currently nine points behind the Dallas Stars with one game more played more. They're going to need to go on a run, guys. The I Look, the 10-game streak with Bruce Brujo was great. I loved it. It was awesome. Bruce, there it is. But it's evident this team is just not good enough. This team is not good enough to win. This team is not good enough to be successful right now. You have good pieces, but the ancillary pieces are not good. And one of the things you guys are going to notice about me is I like to relate things to life. I feel that sports is the greatest indication of life, the greatest storyteller in life. And what it is basically is in any team, organization, business, whatever, you need to have strong leadership from the top and bottom. I think Francesco Acolini is an owner who's willing to spend money. It's evident. Look at the Cox cap situation. But the messaging, the messaging is what gets lost. If you look at great organizations like IBM, Microsoft, Apple, Tesla, whatever, whatever, pick any successful organization. You look at the top with the leader all the way down. It is a consistent goal consistent message that everybody buys into and agrees to and works and strives to achieve with the Canucks. That's never been, that hasn't been the case for a very long time under Mike Gillis. He had the authoritative figure and the authoritative personality to cultivate the organization that this is the goal and relay that to the ownership and to the players down. Jim Benning did not have that ability. Jim Benning was a talented scout, a talented binder of talent, but he didn't understand the salary cap he wasn't articulate with the media. He didn't. He wasn't that guy, that leader of a Canadian NHL franchise that, let's face it, plays in probably the toughest market in all of Canada. You could say Toronto, all of that. Toronto, we all know what the media is all about. Montreal, Calgary, Edmonton. Vancouver is the toughest place to play in because the media demands so much of you. The fans demand so much of you. And it's hard. And you need a strong leadership. So that is why I think it's imperative coming into this offseason where we don't know what Bruce Boudreaux is going to be. Is he going to be the coach? He's signed on for the rest of this year with a team option for next year. Did they bring him back? Or does Alvin and Rutherford bring in their own coach, their own mind, and go from there? I don't know. But going back to the whole messaging thing, what the Canucks need to do this offseason to determine, are we close enough to become a winner? Or do we need to strip it down and start over again? Now, that might mean trading Brock Besser, trading maybe Bo Horvat making moves that might be considered uncomfortable or different moves that might scare fans and 
create more animosity in the in the market but what it has to do this has to relate back to the central image of this franchise and this roster and what their ultimate goal is which is to win a Stanley Cup we hope we hope I know the push for the playoffs was there because the COVID lost a lot of money with not a lot of butts in the seats I'm glad to see the building has people back in the seats I'm glad I can go back to Rogers Arena hopefully one day soon but Francesco Aquilini Jim Rutherford need to sit down with and Patrick Avintu need to figure out what is this organizational goal for the Vancouver Canucks. They need to figure that out and needs to be relayed from the top. Ownership needs to understand it. Management, hockey ops, coaching, players, all the way down to the, the Abbotsford Canucks who actually made the playoffs. And shout out to the Abbotsford Canucks for making the playoffs. But in any successful business, organization, team, anything, you have to have the same common goal. It has to be everybody buying in. Look, the Canucks aren't cap problems. You have a JT Miller deal coming up who I think is too good of a player to trade and give away. But if that organizational goal says you want to strip down and rebuild and require a lot of, acquire a lot of assets and rebuild to the draft, then I'm not a fan of that. I think draft picks are basically lottery tickets and crapshoots. They could hit. They could miss. I mean, they've had Canucks have a lot of misses in the draft as well. But you need to figure out what you want to do and build down. I think that's the biggest key. If you and Jim Rutherford, I have faith in him because he's built three Stanley Cup winning teams, one in Carolina, two in Pittsburgh, back to back. Now he had the likes of Crosby, Malkin, Latang, all that, but he still built those teams or those ancillary parts, which the Canucks have a good core right now. They just need the ancillary the secondary parts. And if Brotherford and Alvin can do that, I have faith that they're going to do it the right way. They've already said all the right things. And I think Patrick Alvin said the Canucks don't really have a true superstar, which is true. And that should light a fire under guys like Pedersen and Hughes, Miller, Horvat, that I need to take my game to the next level. Because that's what the Sedins did. They got challenged by Mike Gillis. They got challenged by Elaine Vigneault, Ryan Kessler, Alex Bros, And they put themselves into another echelon. They took their game to another level. These guys need to take their game to another level. That is how this team is going to be successful. When everybody buys in, everybody takes their game to the next level. They trade harder in the offseason. That is how the Canucks are going to win the Stanley Cup. So that's my little rant about the Canucks. Coming up after this message, I just, I'm going to talk about what the structure of the show is because I'm all about structure and foundation. But before we get to that, let's talk about Shady Rays. Shady Rays is an independent sunglass company that gives you the features of $200 sunglasses for a fraction of the price. That means polarized lenses, well-constructed durable frames, and premium high-end finishes. Also, something you won't find anywhere else is Shady Ray's insane program protection. Shady Ray's includes lost and broken protection on every pair, which for somebody like me, you're going to need. They will send you a brand new pair if you lose them, no matter what happened. Give them a try, and if you don't love them, you'll pay nothing. It's as simple as that. Plus, 10 meals are donated to fight hunger in America when you shop with Shady Rays. Exclusively for our listeners, head to ShadyRay.com and use the code LOCKEDON to get 50%, that's 5-0, off two or more pairs so you and your boo thing can get a pair of polarized sunglasses. That's code LOCKEDON for their best deal of the season. 50% off two or more pairs of Shady Ray sunglasses backed by over 150,000 five-star reviews. Also, let's talk about Built Bar. 
this time of year is pretty much I've given up on my New Year's resolution. Psych, this year I'm staying in it. But I'm this year I'm sticking to my resolution to eat right thanks to Built Bar. It almost feels like it's not really a resolution because I actually enjoy eating them. Puffs are the best protein-infused marshmallow. They're fluffy. They're marshmallowy. They're not just a protein bar. They're a treat. And they're covered 100% in real chocolate. Who does not love chocolate? Low-calorie, high-protein. Replace your candy bars with these. They are better. A typical candy bar can any can be anywhere from 2 to 100, 200 to 300 calories. Go to BuiltBar.com and scroll down to the macros chart. You are blown away. Like I said, high-protein, high-fiber, low-carb. All the good stuff is what you need. At Built Bar, they're not just about the taste. They make the taste delicious. Then they figure out how to make it healthy. And I don't know how, but they pull it off every time. I love Built Bar. So I have an offer for all of you. Again, go to BuiltBar.com. Use promo code LOCKED15 and get 15% off your order. Use promo code locked on 15 for 15% off at Built.com. I might eat a Built Bar after this, actually, because I'm pretty hungry right now because I'm kind of sweating because I've been talking so passionately about the Canucks. But quickly before I sign off, guys, this show is going to be a daily show on YouTube and all your favorite pla- strap. Your Jesus, I can't even talk right now. <laughs> this show is going to be on YouTube every day, streaming on our Locked On channel, on your favorite, wherever you get your pod- podcast. And it's going to be me talking about the Canucks, getting you locked on the Canucks. But... I want to have fun. So the thing about me is I love to relate sports and the Canucks to real life. So for one example, I could be referencing JT Miller to Stone Cold Steve Austin. I was a big wrestling guy. Or hip-hop. Love big hip-hop head. Maybe we can talk about Scarface. We can talk about Scarface, Tony Montana, or Goodfellas. Right? So I love to relate things to pop culture real life. I feel like that's the easiest way to get the message across to people. Find things that they relate to and speak on them and talk to them about it and relate the message back so that gains a better understanding. We're going to have fun on this show too. Like I said, any guests, I'm going to try to get the best guests I possibly can for you guys because I feel you guys deserve the best guests humanly possible. And I want to talk, have these conversations about not just hockey but the, and the Canucks, but dive deeper about what the Canucks mean, how the deeper level thinking about how the Canucks are like a conduit for our, for our, our community and how they are a beacon of hope how it's a melting pot for everybody to come and just forget about all the shit going on in the world and come together. And that's what we need in this world to come together. So this show is going to be fun, informative, hopefully happy. That makes you want to listen. I hope you guys listen every day. And it's going to be a show that is going to make you want to listen more and more, but it's also going to make you love the Canucks and understand the Canucks and maybe even hate the Canucks. I want to tap into all those feelings because I feel like as long as we get a reaction, that means we're doing good. So tomorrow, the lesson, not the lesson, well, it could be a lesson. I might teach you guys a few things, but tomorrow's episode will be post-game about the Canucks, big game in Vegas in Sin City, taking on the Golden Knights, a team they are chasing in the standings. So I can't wait for that. Stay tuned for that. So thanks for making Locked on Canucks your first listen every day. As I mentioned, tomorrow, big episode, Canucks first nights, post-game talk, and who knows, talk about some other fun stuff, maybe some tweets. We'll see. Now, I want you to make your second listen, Locked on Fantasy. Hosts Steel, Rodin, and Philip Livingstone help you become an expert of your fantasy leagues. It's free and available wherever you get your podcasts. Take care, everybody. Stay safe, and I will see you tomorrow.